0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a beautiful break that was
1: from Derby County. And one chop treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. And a chance for Maria once more.
2: Yes hello welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washington Derby County podcast as the Rams attempt to delay the seemingly inevitable there have been some glimmers of light in this desperate campaign as recent performances have put some pride back into Pride Park but it was late late heartbreak against Queen's Park Rangers where have we heard that before to end the uh, the month, as that gap to safety just keeps on getting bigger. I'm Chris Parsons. Hello, and uh, joining me on the podcast are two regulars, Anton. Feeling festive?
0: Very festive, actually. We actually put our tree up yesterday.
2: Um, okay, you got
0: you gone. I would say you've gone early there. Well, for me. Uh, for me, it's it's a choice of two weekends, really, isn't it? It's, it's either yesterday the, the weekend that's just been or next weekend I I
1: think either are acceptable
2: for me I think you are a I reckon you're like a December the 10th sort of guy tell me I'm wrong
1: well myself um now it's going to go up this weekend we're picking it up on Friday because uh the parents association at work do a a, a bargain so we've got a six foot tree for 34 quid absolute steal that's all um, right. Really good. So yeah, we pick that up on Friday. I'll put it up after I've played football on Saturday. But Anton, you've gone way early there, but not as early as some people down my road who have had it up for about a week and a half. So
0: yeah, that's unacceptable. A tenth of December is far too late, though. You've got to, you've got to make the most of it.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, maybe I'm just being a Scrooge, and it's like more time for the cat to destroy it, and the, the you know, and, and my daughter to get stuck underneath it. But true.
0: I mean, when you've got a cat and a, a young daughter, it probably does change things slightly. We have neither. So.
2: Well, we probably all need a bit of Christmas cheer right now because uh, it finished Derby 1, QPR 2 in the game. We've literally just watched it finish about a quarter of an hour ago. So we're recording it on The Whistle on Monday night. And uh, well, God, Tom, after a great start, brilliant start in that second half in the game we just watched, you'd have to say it just for me felt like the game was just getting away from us slowly but surely minute by minute and when and when qpr's late winner did come clearly it was a, a brutal kick where the sun don't shine but the game was massively stretched by then it was really like sort of end to end the qpr were finding gaps in between us and, and most people watching that would probably say that as good as qpr's winning goal was a chance like that was probably bound to fall to them at some point in that last 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think so. But um, at the end of the day, Chris, we're 19 points adrift lost in the last minute. It doesn't really matter whether we'd have picked up one or, or, or lost the game and we end up losing. So we just keep, we just got to keep going to our next game and keep the head high for a a, a performance that puts pride into us and I think we had a performance tonight which I've got a lot of pride in and some great moments in there and I thought Thompson in the midfield was absolutely outstanding so for me that's that's all that matters at the moment and yes it's a kick in the teeth but we'll get on with it and we'll play again next week.
2: Anton, are you ha- are you having an existential crisis as well? Are you just wondering what's the point point? why are we here?
0: It, it was annoying, it was really annoying and I'll tell you why it was. it was so annoying it wasn't because we conceded a last minute winner and it wasn't even because it was against QPR either but the most annoying thing for me was that i told myself a couple of weeks ago that there's absolutely no chance of us staying up now like that that was that was it once that second deduction came through there's, there's no chance of us staying up right now but i'm annoyed because that result made me annoyed because I still have that slight bit of hope. And I've, I've been telling myself for weeks that there is absolutely zero chance. But there's still that tiny little bit inside me that's saying, oh, but even if, if we get a little win today, we, it's only 16 points. There's no chance, but I still <laughs> have it. 16 points.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I can't get it out of my system. There's, there's just always that little bit of hope,
2: isn't there? And I know for a fact there's no chance. And it is famously the hope that does kill you. And I don't blame you because we had two really good results before that. We took four points off the two best teams in the league. But yeah, we'll come on to those games shortly in episode 122, which, as you know by now, is partnered here on Steve Blimmer's Washing with Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer. It all started so well, Tom, with, uh, with another Tom Lawrence Thunderbolt. But... Where did the energy go? Where did the legs go? What what happened as that second half went on? And but before we get to that, talk us through you know, what was a, a fantastic start and a, a brilliant assist from Graeme Shinney and an even better finish.
1: We started so well. Uh, 25 seconds in, the ball going down the right-hand side and coming into Graham Shinney, took the touch and then hammered it across the box and I thought Lawrence was just going to control it and finish it. He had so much space and time um, and we continued in that vein like pressing high and, and, and making chances or, or certainly forcing QPR into mistakes and when Shinney picked the ball up and he slipped the ball through I was like, go cool, on, that's got enough legs out and um Lawrence Latched onto it, went across the uh, centre back. I don't think it was Dicky. I think it was his partner, maybe Dunn, I want to say, um, and then he got into the box and he absolutely hammered it. And my gut instinct was he blazed it over because the same. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, oh, he's, he hasn't missed that, and it's it's kissed the the crossbar and the post. I'm pretty sure as it's gone in. Certainly the crossbar. It's an absolute brilliant ball and absolutely brilliant finish. Um, and Lawrence is is playing really well at the moment, and we criticised him at. At Millwall for his body language and his effort, uh, certainly when we were at the game, without maybe realizing the work that he'd done for the goal because we were so far away uh, in the away end, so I didn't quite realize how 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 much good he did in that move. And since then, he's actually been excellent for Derby. I thought he was really good on Wednesday night. Uh, I thought he was excellent for against Bournemouth as well, and it's it's starting to be a captain's performance.
2: Yeah, it was it was a great finish, and it it does neatly bring me on to uh, to, to a topic which we probably discussed about, about 40 times in our 120 episodes, but Tom Lawrence and so on, he, he, he does divide opinion, but in the last few games, he, he he has stepped up and seemed to found something resembling a groove and some form um, and some happiness, really. It's good to see playing him with a smile on his face, but five goals now. He's now got uh, more goals and he has yellow cards. So, okay. you know, a big, a big milestone for, for Captain Tom there. Where, where do you stand on... On his current performance is it him sort of stepping up or because let's be honest a cynic would say you look at our situation and his situation he is also putting himself in the shop window for january isn't he
0: you know what I, I, i'll give him the benefit of the doubt um certainly this time because he really has stepped up his performances in the last few weeks and and scored some really important goals and i mean based on the fact that the team are playing kind of they're so up for it you can see the passion in their their faces and their bodies when when a a goal goes in and Tom Lawrence is exactly the same so whatever Rooney said whatever he's doing in the changing room and and the rest of the backroom staff it just seemed to have got the team really up for it um despite the the perilous situation we're in it probably doesn't Hurt the fact that a lot of these players are playing for their their next step step in their career, but I think you can put your cynicism behind you in this instance and and say that that Tom Lawrence has really stepped up and and scored some some fantastic goals. I, I think he does benefit from playing in that central position. We, we've said it before on the podcast, not not for a little while, but. He's looked really good in in that, not only in that central position, but a little bit further up the field as well. So he's got that license to drift around, kind of pick it up, turn both ways. And it doesn't necessarily matter if he loses the ball, which he he still does do on, on occasions, but you'd rather him lose the ball one time and then skip past the man and score a brilliant goal the other time. Whereas if he's playing a little bit further back or out wide, it's much more threatening if he does that um on the halfway line as opposed to on their last line of defence.
2: That's all completely true from what Anton said there. But for me it does really feel like a farewell season for Tom Lawrence. Really it's the last year of his contract. Obviously we can't afford to keep him in League One um I mean he's 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 not on the, he's not on the thirty seven grand that was quoted in the national press and then just parroted by the Derby Telegraph without even checking it. it uh, is on nowhere near that. But even the wage he is on is still like north of 20 grand a week. I'm almost certain. And you'd imagine there'll be people who come in for him. And I think the only possible way he could stay is if we stay up and the new owner comes in, in January and neither of those really look like happening. So it's, it's the long goodbye for me or Tom Lawrence. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I don't think there's any hope of him uh, signing a new contract. But then equally, I, I just feel that he's so many times he's flattered to deceive if he's on that sort of wage, he needs to be justifying it regularly week in, week out. Uh, and you can't be carrying a player like that. And unfortunately, that has been the story of Tom Lawrence's Derby County career where he's done some great things and then he's done some god-awful things for us as well and gone missing for, for, for weeks and weeks on end. And I think... History will remember him relatively fondly, but I, I won't be going and telling my grandkids and well my kids and my grandkids that about this great player we had called Tom Lawrence. He won't live in the memory the same way as say a Chris Martin will will do for me. Fair play to him. I hope he goes and has a great career. But Chris is right we, without a doubt. He's, he's championship quality at least, um,
0: and certainly too expensive for, for us to try and keep in League One. But you'd think that there are, there are countless kind of mid table potentially lower end championship clubs who would love to have him in their team. We've, we've seen the quality that he can display in, in recent weeks. And as we've said with many of our players in the past, if he did that week in, week in, week in, week out, he wouldn't be a championship player. He'd be a Premier League player. The fact that he's got the quality is is kind of elevating our team at the moment and, and means that he is a championship quality player, but I, he's far too good for League One.
2: Well, let's talk about, Tom, the players we can base derby county's league one squad around one of those is liam thompson what an introduction into the first team he's had like the full 90 in three games against three of the best teams in the league and he hasn't really looked out of place i mean the question i was going to ask you both is what do you think is his best attribute but he's got a lot going for him he really has he's like neat on the ball he's got so much energy i mean i sort of said after the the Bournemouth game, he because he, he's like quite small, but but nippy and with good feet, and he sort of burrows past players like a little sort of footballing gerbil. You know, he's like <laughs> sort of a little a little rodent who like sneaks around everywhere. But he's 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 good on the ball. He's really it's, he has got that that dynamism as well. Like there was a moment in the second half when uh, there was like a long QPR through ball, and he like stretched out a leg and got back to cut it out, and then got twenty yards up the pitch. A few seconds later to to make another interception. Like he's um, he looks like he's got a real sort of quality to be a nice little box to box player. Like I'm I'm just amazed, really. Like where he's come from. I mean, I'm sure people who watch the academy. More than us will say that, oh, he's been doing that for years with the 23s. But Rooney's got a real dilemma on his hands with the amount of central midfielders we have and the way that Thompson has really burst onto the scene, hasn't he?
1: It's a really nice dilemma, though, to have when uh, in, a, in a season where there's obviously going to be a number of dark moments. Having bright young players like Thompson and Ebersole come through, um, that's that's really positive. And, and Thompson's not, as you said, he hasn't looked out of place um, against... The top three in the championship which is fantastic and a real a real sort of credit to him and the work that he's been putting in on the training ground in the academy, academy uh, games over the last sort of couple of years and I think as you say Chris that that moment you were mentioning in the second half was just like it summed him up and I think the, the best attribute for me he has is that short burst of pace because he just seems to nip in front of people um, and what I noticed today was him like bossing the other midfielders around, telling Max Bird where to be, telling him Shinny to give him the ball. Um, and I didn't see that against Fulham and against Bournemouth. And that's that's totally understandable. I wouldn't expect it from him. But he looked like a composed, experienced centre midfielder today. And no way would I have guessed that he'd only played three league games for Derby. Yeah, he, he drifts around the
0: pitch, like, incredibly. He covers so much dra- ground, but almost... He, he almost doesn't really seem like he's moving at times. The the way he drifts. I mean, you said gerbil, Chris. I I almost think he's a bit like a dementor from Harry Potter at times. He's just like drifting so quickly, <laughs> um. And, and he he's, he doesn't just do it like a headless chicken. He he his positional play is really intelligent as well, both defensively and offensively. You mentioned a couple of times where he, he broke up counterattacks superbly, but he also picks up great pockets of space going forward as well and what i've been really impressed with him is that not only is he very good technically on the ball but he he, he's always wanted the ball and and for someone playing his first professional games of football and against the best teams in the league for him to really have that confidence and and want the ball and and do well on the ball as well playing at one two touch at a time rarely losing it he's been incredibly impressive so far and and Rooney's kept him in in his his place in the side and that's testament to how well he's done.
2: The floating gerbil. Get that in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have it out then. QPR's winner. I can't be asked to talk about both QPR goals. I mean, who wants to hear us talk about that? I mean, good goals, we'll, we'll, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the winner. I mean, as I said, it did seem like it was coming. You have to say, as, as hard as it is to say. But yeah, because they were getting space in behind. Like even before then, uh, like like Gray was getting space and Willock was getting space and Cher was sort of dropping inside and and uh, almost getting around the back of Byrne and in between the lines. So it did seem like it was almost going to happen, but it doesn't make it any less painful when it does happen, especially when the cross comes in and, uh, and whoever it was, Cher or Willock hits the post and you think you've got away with it. Um, but even then, we we're just to, to give Andre Gray the chance to do two keepy-uppies and then volley it into the into the far corner just sort of looked to me like a team who we were just like out on our feet by then really weren't we spent so long trying to play high and and, def- and defend those quick QPR breaks that we just had very little in tank by then seemed to me Tom
1: yeah I'd agree I think uh, um it stemmed, all their chances really stem from us pushing the, the fullbacks f- further up the pitch and then not tracking back uh, and blocking the cross effectively or, or not defending the centre of the penalty area. Uh, for the winner, like Davis is caught upfield, which is understandable because um, we just had a set piece and tried to throw him up there to try and win something. Um, f- Forsyth, I think it is, dangles a leg out, just tries to block the cross after Zhao just blocked it uh, th- 20 seconds before. And then at the back post, I think it's Bird who's up against Chair and um, Bird just gets to the wrong side of him and he hits the post, he should have scored uh, and it have made the, the discussion and the goal irrelevant. But what what a great bit of technique and uh, Andre Gray has always been a good player and he's he's gone for a lot of money in the past and uh, not quite then stepped up and hit the heights that he maybe could have done and great touch brilliant finish and that top corner of that um, at the North Stand at Pride Park tonight saw some absolutely brilliant goals i think it was lee hendry talking about top bins all night which is a bit like a uh, amateur i think but i did like uh, I do like lee hendry but um yeah just some great goals tonight all three of them were, were brilliant and um unfortunately for derby that two of them were against us and i think they both could have been avoided had we have defended it a bit better but you've got to give credit to a team that looked full of confidence and they they always looked like they were going to create the chance and it, it reminded me a bit of the Derby team from 2013-14 where I just always thought we were going to score and we we're going to nick something later on and that's what QPR were doing and that's what it did to us tonight unfortunately. It, it was obviously a massive kick in the teeth but I don't think you can fault
0: us tactically for what we did today because we were out on our feet, we did look really tired but in the situation where we're in you, you can't settle for draws. You, you have to pick up wins to even, I'm going to go back to it again, to even stand the the slightest chance of of getting anywhere near. You have to be winning those games. So you've got to be pushing players forward. And Tom, you mentioned it on on our Discord chat, the the times that they were getting in was in the fullback area. And that was only because both fullbacks were pushing up. You can't really fault us for doing that. They're really good on the counter. They've got some high quality players as well going forward. We saw that with both goals. So although it's a, it's a sick and a losing, I'd much rather push for the winner and, and lose than settle for a draw in that situation.
2: I totally see what you mean, actually. Like, yeah, that's that's such a good point because like, you know, we had Stearman on the bench. We could have like chucked him on, gone to three at the back or like a back five, parked the bus, gone for a draw.
0: But we took Shinny off and and put on uh, Ebersale and, and put on Ebersale and
2: Usviak, yeah. But we've already drawn ten games this season. Like as you say, exactly. what draws when you're nineteen points adrift or whatever we are are just are just no good to you, are they? So people always say that. Oh yeah, I'd much rather we went for it and lost than did than uh, than did nothing and lost and going for it and losing is exactly what happened to us tonight, Tom.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, Rooney, I've just been reading, has come out in the press conference and said something along the lines of the fact that Derby didn't deserve to to win the game and they failed to, to play their game in the second half. And I agree with that. I think first half we were excellent. We held them at, at arm's length and then um, we should have got back. in. Well, we were back. There were five Derby players in the box and only uh, two, two of the QPR players in the box for the equaliser. And then we just failed to mark anybody. And, and I think Shinny got did brilliantly to track and then he lost his concentration. Instead of going to the back post, he came into the middle where Bird was already covering and they, they scored a, an excellent equaliser. So, yeah, Derby's performance levels, they huffed and puffed in the second half, but um, eventually were done by a better quality team. And you just got to hold your hands up sometimes. That's got the way it's going to be. And we've got some excellent young players who are really doing doing bits at the moment. Thompson, as we mentioned, I think Ebersele looked good when he came on. Um, maybe he could have started, but equally, I think he was knackered after... Uh, after coming off the bench on, on Wednesday, it looked like he got cramp uh, or some sort of muscle injury. So th- we have got to take the positives and that's what it's got to be. It's going to be the performances and the the hope and the enjoyment that we're, we're going to get from going to the games rather than necessarily the results in the table. And I think we've got to do what Steve McLaren used to do uh, but for 46 games and just never look at the league table.
2: Um, yeah, I don't really enjoy looking at the league table now, but for very different reasons to under Steve McLaren. But you may, yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. Look, if you enjoy Steve was washing... Don't forget that you can get extra podcasts from us this season on our Patreon site. It's patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing. It's a a new membership service for this season. We're dropping an extra episode each month. Uh, You get early access to the regular podcast as well. So only a couple of weeks or so ago, we had an exclusive chat with Quantuma, Derby County's administrators before the uh, local press and uh, we put that one out to our patrons a few hours before general release so we'll be doing more stuff like that in the future more interviews we've had Igor Stimak on this season, Curtis Davis, Jamie Ward and there's other treats as well for joining in over there so uh, yeah search Steve Bloomer's Washing on Patreon and stay tuned Hi I'm Dean Sturridge Hi I'm Paul Pesky-Solido Hi I'm Curtis Davis
1: and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing
2: Tom, as uh, as as gutting as the uh, as tonight's result was, it came off the back of two very encouraging performances. For for what it's worth, <laughs> but uh, you had a uh, you had your annual trip to the cottage in a week. You boys both did and uh, enjoy yourselves down there on the river.
1: Yeah, we had a great time. A few beers before the game, and then a nice stroll through Bishop's Park and the way up to Craven Cottage. It looks great under the lights um, with the Thames sort of in the background and nice new stand to the left-hand side, which will be. Brilliant when uh, Fulham inevitably go up this season, and uh, should be filled to capacity next year. So, I, Craven Cottage is my favourite ground for me in the in the entire football league, and I, I love going there. So, I thought I'd take one last opportunity to see Derby before it's a, a decade to, till we next play them again.
0: I, I tell you what, I didn't enjoy um, was my halftime hot dog, which I. I paid 5 pounds oh, yes. for, and it, it came like it was pretty much as flat as a kind of piece of toast with the, the sausage completely squashed down, no sauce at all. They build it as some kind of big man hot dog or something and I thought it was going to be some kind of street food epic and it was one of the worst things I've ever eaten.
2: In South in West London as well, like you do, you know, without giving up national stereotypes, you expect better, don't you, frankly, in that part of the country.
0: Well, especially for £5.50 as well.
2: And that's just, that's the that's back to back away games where you've had disappointing away food in South London, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah, yeah. A, a poorly put together pie at Millwall, and then a, a substandard hot dog at Fulham. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll try and get some food before the game. Gets done.
2: Well, this is this is the thing, Tom, because in League One, the food looks brilliant. It looks absolutely. <laughs> top drawer and it's like yeah I don't know if you've seen the um footy the, the, scram, foot, the, is it? the footy scram Twitter yeah. account there's like the stuff okay. at Tooting there's like you know pulled pork and uh like all sorts going calm on. down
0: calm down Chris we're not going as far down as Tooting just yet. <laughs> we've got f we've got a few years before Sorry,
2: not um not not Tooting I meant um I meant AFC Wimbledon which is near to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I won't put it past us, but you know it's um, all the doom and gloom of League One. At least we will have some nice food.
1: Well, Kutch will tell you about the uh, the vegan food at, at Forest Green. I'm I'm sure it's very tasty. It's uh, and uh, they they're meant to like win lots of awards and they they're top of the of League Two at the moment, so it could well be going there as well. Um, and last time I went to Wigan in I think 2013, I had a, a very good pie from Wigan.
2: It sort of went as the game. You would completely expect it to really, that Fulham game. Like a mate of mine who supports Fulham said that we were a bit lucky to to, to get a point. Of course we were. We obviously were. Like they're a team who have basically the best squad in the league and had won seven on the bounce. So of course it was gonna be like backs to the wall and a bit last ditch for most of that game. Um, but you could probably say we on another day, we almost could have shit to one their win there, couldn't we, Anton?
0: Yeah, I think so. We certainly had chances. I mean, there was a couple towards the end of the f- first half. Tom Lawrence, in particular, and we 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 were saying on the day we we thought we matched them uh, for for large parts in terms of football we played. They obviously had that slight extra bit of quality. Um, the the young young lad on on the right wing was very good. Seri played very well in, in the middle. Had Mitrovic been playing, it might have been a different story, but. We certainly could have nicked it. I mean, they they had chances as well. They they hit the bar. They hit the post. There was that clear one cleared off the line from Davis. But
1: we played really well, and it was all we could have asked for away at probably the the best side in the league. We did really well in the first half. Second half was a bit back to the wall, as you say, Carvalho. I think you're you're referencing the, the young lad in the middle. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, he hit, hit the post from the corner. Uh, which was a, a great chance. I don't know how he didn't didn't score it. And there was a couple of others. A good save from Roos before um, Davis cleared it off the line. And that was a phenomenal block from Davis. Uh, to be honest, so yeah, we, we we rode our luck and we took took the point. It was a really impressive performance and a, a thoroughly enjoyable night. And the Derby fans that night were absolutely outstanding. Uh, yeah. Just sang for the entire second half, which is which is exactly what you want to see um, for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, and that one came days after. Uh, what? Whenever what, Bournemouth that was. Um, <laughs> who knows what it will really count for this season? Probably absolutely nothing. But but those are the um, days
0: you've got to take. Really, I mean, exactly, yeah. Days
2: football, yeah. That, that's exactly it. Those days are about the memories and the individual performances and just the enjoyment you get from those isolated occasions. And the Bournemouth game. Do you think? I guess it probably was. But was that our best victory? under Wayne Rooney, would you say, Anton?
0: I, I always find these questions difficult because I always have so much recency bias about things that have just happened. But I, I I did have a flick through Rooney's results before the pod when you sent out the, the running order. And and I am I was struggling to find a, a, a better win, to be honest. The only one that really came close was the 4-0 against Birmingham um, over the Christmas period last year. But when, when you're comparing the teams, they're just on completely different levels. I, I think it was a... <laughs> Had it been a different season, it would have been an almost a, a coming-of-age performance from this team because it's a, up against an opposition who are the better team. They, they've got better quality players. And again, we, we matched them. And created chances. We we got our tactics spot on again, which is great credit to Rooney. We, we've mentioned it earlier this season, but he's he's really coming on tactically. And we we looked good going forward against the side who have only conceded, I think it was one uh, away from go- away from home, sorry, um, before that game. And, and we managed to to not only score three but create some really good chances and looked really good value for our, our win in the end as
2: well. Tom, I've got a very random one for you, but our podcast favourite, Festy Ebersaley, uh, he's, um, he's he's done a really good job in recent games. or, or he's, he's We all know what he can do, that he can make an impression. Obviously, came on in the QPR game that we just watched, but um, showed some uh, trademark electric bursts of pace against Fulham and uh, did seem to really give him some problems, especially in that first half. But I don't know what it's like. I don't know what how fast he he appeared in the flesh but uh one of our listeners uh at classic only child on twitter he got in touch to ask us what sort of time do you reckon fessy episode could post in 100 meters What's your shout for that, Sam?
1: Oh, yeah, he is he is fast. I don't know whether he'd have the uh, the longevity to go 100 metres in the sprint, mm. though, because uh, hes I think he's very much the sort of short 10 to 20 metres. So I'm going to say about 13.9 seconds is still extremely quick, but uh, I, I don't think he'd quite have the uh, Olympic-style pace. I, th- I think he'd go a bit quicker than that. I do agree that he'd probably
0: get to the 60... 60- he's more of an indoor 60-metre guy, isn't he, really? He's, he's rapid <laughs> over... <laughs> rapid over the first 20 for sure and, and he'd kind of generally tail off i think his last 20 and the 100 meters would be pretty slow i think he'd, he'd break the 13 second mark though
2: i don't i don't really know what really is a good 100 meter time if it's if it's any slower than like 10.2 seconds because that's the only 100 meter races you ever watch isn't it but it's funny i actually um i was like just doing a bit of background on on, on Festy, and he, he actually used to be an athlete. Like he was, um, he used to run the hundred meters, believe it or not, when he was, because he's Irish. Uh, he used to be a member of uh, Ennis Cawthi Athletics Club in County Wexford, in Ireland, where he grew up, and he used to run the hundred meters and do the long jump at under fourteen level before he the um, long jump. He's and far the long too jump, small yeah. for that. <laughs> Yeah but, he, yeah, but he can run dead fast and that's half the long laundry, <laughs> isn't it? Um, before he then joined uh, Bray Wanderers, who I think are Irish, who had a team that he played for before he joined Derby. So he has got it in him.
0: It, it's exciting as well. Having having a player who's that quick gives a, an added dimension to the team and, and especially later on in the game, which is I, I think when he really comes into his own he scares defenders and once he gets one-on-one, you really back him to beat a player and there aren't that many players in this derby side who I would back in a one-on-one situation like that. So, great player to have in the team. He's still got a little bit to learn in terms of what he does on the ball and his final product, but you always get that with young players and I really hope we can keep a hold of him next year and we can
1: nurture him in League One. He's a rough diamond in terms of uh, technical sort of quality. He skipped past two players when in the corner flag, um, and then like just lost a bit of composure and end up winning a corner um, rather than maybe creating a really good chance. And that's that's something that he'll learn and he'll develop. And whether he plays at right wing or he plays at right back, which I think is more of his natural position. Um, It remains to be seen, but one thing for certain tonight is in his 10 or 15 minute cameo, he did more than a few other players who were brought on or were taken off in the more forward roles without going into too much detail and a conversation about them. So for me, I'd always be looking to bring him on because he's dangerous and he's exciting to watch as a fan.
2: Yeah, he's a player who's definitely also burst onto the scene to an extent, like Liam Thompson in Rooney's tenure, but uh, it is now just over. A whole year since Wayne Rooney uh, became Derby's sole uh, or had sole charge of Derby County as manager. Obviously, had those first few games where it was him and the brains trust of Rossini and Shay Given and Justin Walker before he was, um, before he then took the role on himself as the main man. Um, so, this is one that we put out for, uh, for our listeners on Twitter and Facebook for your shouts. Your, Your shout out. To ask you all, what do you think has been Wayne Rooney's best and worst moment as Derby County manager? Um, a few answers came in. Rob Wilcoxon, regular listener and patron. Uh, Rob, he said, worst moment was throwing in a game against Cardiff last season, a Derby lost 4-0. Uh, the best moment is how he stuck with us and bought the fight this season despite all the odds. Uh, Alex on Twitter said the best was Bournemouth at home, the 3-2 win just last week. And the worst was Cardiff away. Um, Sunil on Twitter said the best thing was saying not Forest deliberately. And the worst thing was uh, (laughs) Cardiff away, not so good. And uh, if you're on Facebook as well, uh, Kurt Lewin is a regular listener and patron. He said uh, the best moment was Stoke at home this season, the 2-1 win. And the worst moment was any of the last few games of last season. We're expecting to win, to drag us out of relegation trouble. It shouldn't have gone to the last day. And even though he was right in the end, he should never have said the quote about us definitely not getting relegated when he took over. That's a very good point. I'm sure he yeah. maybe live to regret that one, even though it did turn out to be true. Um, anything to advance on on those those suggestions, boys?
1: Yeah, Rotherham away, where we were nil-nil and atrocious and then conceded three goals to like lumping long long balls. And I might even add, even though we won Wickham away, because that was an appalling night of football. So yeah, th- those yeah. those two would I'd be added to. I don't think they're necessarily Trump Cardiff, uh, which I think was the worst worst night of Rooney's tenure. Um and I do think the Stoke night was a good one, but I I'd also go Go with either Bournemouth or Birmingham for the the best results that we've had.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with with Cardiff being being the worst result. Um, I think yeah, the, the two which I mentioned earlier, Birmingham and Bournemouth are certainly contenders for the best one. The other one which which hasn't been mentioned, which not necessarily the best result or best performance, but certainly a hugely important one, was the final day last year, the, the three all against Sheffield Wednesday, because there was a obviously a huge amount of pressure on that. And we did deal with the pressure very well in the end. It was touch and go. But how important was that result looking back on it now? Because had we been in this situation in League One this year, it could be a very, very different story for Derby County.
2: Absolutely true. But yeah, he he did just about the very, very bare minimum to keep us up. And let's face it, it was only because of a late penalty and because of Cardiff's winner. Uh, at Rotherham which is a big part of it but and, and also we I'm pretty sure we also lost the preceding six games in a row before that final day but I get what you're saying it, it did the it did do a bare minimum but yeah and in, in terms of numbers Rooney it's uh, 52 league games in charge from now um sorry 50 uh 53 I think uh, 33 last season and 20 this season um, with an overall record of one fourteen, drawn eighteen, and lost twenty one, with a his uh, points per game is one point one five, not quite the one point seven that we need to uh, escape relegation. But uh, <sighs> that's always a long shot. Um, in terms, in, in terms of other derby managers, so is is Rooney's PPG isn't quite as good as that of Nigel Clough. It was one point two two. George Burley was uh, 1.33. And obviously you've also got like McLaren and Rowett who are like 1.7 and 1.8. Uh, but he is better than Terry Wesley, Phil Brown and John Gregory. So, you know, get that picture on the wall in Pride Park, Anton.
0: I, I, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I do think the points per game doesn't really tell the full story in in this case, certainly because the, the hand he's been dealt with and the... The team that we've got, the the situation we're in, means that he's had it tougher than probably any manager, um, apart from maybe one or two has in, in recent history. And we, the performances have probably warranted more than the points per game that we've got this season. So I'm not saying he's he's the best manager we've had in recent times, but he's certainly not the worst either. And, and I've been really impressed, certainly in recent weeks.
2: That's true. You, you, you do feel he needs that asteri- two asterisks of one, wasn't able to buy players and two had only nine players in pre-season. Well, yeah. It was. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe slightly unfair to compare him, but yeah, happy <laughs> one year anniversary to, to Wazza. What way to do it. I believe it's
0: only been one year. I uh, know, yeah. <laughs> okay. It feels
2: like a lifetime, doesn't it? <laughs> um, we're going to wrap it up there, I think, for this episode of Steve Bloomer's Washing. One I wanted to mention, Tom, uh, just a little bit of good news because there are little, little snippets here and there from Derby County, from the the fan base in these really just desperate, bleak times that we're going through. And uh, and and that's the work of Derby fans led by Andy Mitchell in the past couple of weeks. Um, We all saw the really grim, laid bare facts of just how much money Derby owe to how many different sets of people um, when the administrators' report came out. And a lot of it is football creditors, some of it's non-football creditors. Independent companies, people, other teams, members of staff, agents you name it, we owe them some cash. But one of the ones that really stuck in the craw was the fact that Derby owed eight grand to St. John's Ambulance until the work of Andy Mitchell and his uh, fundraising uh, campaign, which led to Derby fans raising 13 and a half grand. For St John's mm-hmm. ambulance, I mean, look, whatever you say about the situation we're in, that's you know, that's that's a great feel-good story, isn't it? Fair play to them.
1: Yeah, really good feel-good story and great work to Andy for uh, for setting that up in the first place and then uh, promoting it on Twitter and great stuff for everyone who donated to that. And it's a uh, it's really nice that the the club the fans are getting behind the the sort of the organisations and the the charities that support football up and down and i think st johns ambulance do great work and um, i'm really pleased that we've raised that money for them
0: yeah and, and and as we've said before it's it's those kind of businesses that are often forgot about in these situations with administration people focus on the the big money uh, being owed to to the likes of hmrc and and some of the jobs being lost around the club but you you forget that you can't run a football club you can't have match days without the the heroes within the ambulance keeping everyone safe and doing the, the sterling work that they do so an absolutely incredible effort by everyone involved
2: we'll always have fans who make us proud to support this great historic club won't we so let's end on that positive note don't forget before you go give us a follow on social at uh, steve bloomer pod on twitter and if you do like the podcast you're on an apple device we'd really love it if you gave us a positive review as well drop us a five star review if you do enjoy what we do we're going to come back in a couple of weeks uh coming up on patreon this month will be the steve bloomers washing christmas quiz so if you love trivia as much as we do not possible then uh, tune into that one over the festive period but until then Anton, thank you genuinely thank you for coming on because <laughs> these ones aren't easy to do are they
0: uh, no no but I, I actually feel a bit better now as as always after doing that so cheers chris
2: Tom always a pleasure all the best Chris see you soon